I would like to welcome everybody to this Sunday's webcast of Dynamic Love Web Church. It's such a blessing for me to come and serve you with a message of God's grace, to wash your feet, to just uh, encourage your heart with the finished work of Jesus Christ. Uh, it's awesome to know that the gospel can reach people all over the world. It's good to know that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only power that can really bring true life because it includes all people. And that's why we know it's the only power because it includes everybody. It is um, it's something God has brought forth that brings life and immortality to all of us. <laughs> Glory to God. I want to welcome everybody that's watched for the, watching for the first time as well as um, those of you that it's regularly slots in, it's such a blessing to minister to you. Let us just pray together. Father, I want to thank you so much that I can come and minister your gospel and just preach your message of grace to everybody that's watching today. I thank you that they are blessed, cared for, and that uh, you speak powerfully through me. Give me utterance, Lord, to explain what you've done for us in a powerful way. Thank you, come and you clean us up. You give us uh, your life and your goodness uh, in such a way that we can actually experience what you've planned for us from the beginning. Amen, amen. Um, you know, uh, in this week in the Bible study, we were talking uh, just a little bit about what I'm going to talk about today. Um, uh, but, you know, in our discussion afterwards, we found, you know, just some wonderful truths and nuggets that came forth. And one of the questions we had uh, was, you know, what do you say to somebody that says we need to strive to enter into the rest? And then someone else came and said that they looked up that word strive and it means uh, to sit at the feet of, and, uh, which is so beautiful. So when we, when we uh, look at Mary and Martha, we can find that Mary was striving to enter into the rest by sitting at the feet of Jesus. Uh, and we find Martha in all her works, you know, um, and in what she did, actually we find that sin... She, 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 was a, um, she missed it in this sense that she was at a place where she could be corrected and rebuked by Jesus. So yes, Salma tried to work, and in her works she's found um, a sinner, if you want to call it like that. Or she was, she's found at a place where she needs to be corrected, where she can be uh, uh, rebuked, you know, say, you know, being taught, saying, you're missing it here, you, this is not what you should have done, this is the way it works. But Mary, which was just not doing anything, but striving to enter into the rest that God has given, was, couldn't, didn't stand corrected. I mean, I think that while Jesus was teaching things, she could have been corrected by uh, what she heard as pertaining to her belief, but she did the right thing. She chose the best way, which was to strive to enter into the rest. So in the very same way, I would like you to just sit and listen uh, to this message and that would be your striving to enter into the rest. So the way we strive to enter into the rest is by being willing to be taught of the Lord. Um, the, the, one might say back, you know, we, we teach messages every Sunday. Why do we continually listen to messages? What is the purpose? What is the plan? Why should we continually hear the gospel? Now, uh, I like the passage in John 15, and let me read it, and I spoke about that a little bit last week. Um, and this is what it says. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. 
and every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. That word purge there also means prune, uh, also means cleans. He says, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Another translation says, now are you clean through the good news you've heard. And now are you clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me. In other words, he came with a message of his union with man and his union uh, with God and man's inclusion into that. And he said that that message cleanses them, makes them clean. And what I, uh, and this is why I feel it is so important to hear the gospel on a continual basis where, where we find the Lord come and he just cleanses us from wrong understanding, wrong belief. Um, and, and because what makes us dirty is not our works. What makes us dirty is what we believe. And that's what the Bible says. It's not what goes into the mouth that makes you unclean, but what comes out of the mouth, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So what causes, uh, um, if you want to call it like that, filth or a, a, an atmosphere which is not um, perfect for fruit bearing, that's what we would uh, look at, uh, what we would define as a, a place where we cannot really find fruit. That comes from the heart. So if our heart is flooded with a wrong belief about God, we are in a place where our heart needs to be cleansed from wrong belief so the correct belief can come to our hearts and that is the place that, then would, uh, th that God needs to bring forth good fruit in us. And we can find that that is all upon God. Like I said, we're talking about fruit bearing. We're in a series about fruit bearing. And we find that God made it His business. He took the responsibility upon Him to bring forth fruit in our lives. We cannot bear fruit. And this is what uh, verse 5 says. He says here, He says, um, now are you clean through the word that I've spoken to you. That's verse 3. Abide in me and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abides in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burnt. If you abide in me and my word abide in you, you shall ask whatever you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. So what he's saying here is very powerful. He's explaining to us how we will be his disciples how he will bring uh, the, 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 uh, the teaching that he has in his heart forth in us. You know, when you're someone's disciple, it means that the person that disciples you will reproduce who he is in you. He will uh, cause you to follow a certain discipline, or another way of saying that, a certain doctrine, and by that, produce what is inside his life, in you. So what Jesus is saying here is he says that uh, he will come with his doctrine or his teaching and he will 
cleanse our hearts so that we can bear much fruit. That is what he is going to do. He is going to bring forth a, a fresh belief in our hearts that can bring forth fruit in our lives. We want that. That is what we're looking for. That is what our hearts are longing for, is to see God's life manifest in us. So, in um, what God, and this is what we've said last week, is that the Lord, or the Father, basically came to Jesus, said to him, be fruitful and multiply, and Jesus knew that through his death, or through his obedience, death and resurrection, which is defined as grace, um, he can bring forth fruit in us. So what God did was, he said to Jesus, Jesus, I want you to be fruitful. The only way Jesus could ever be fruitful is if he would lay down his life. That is the only place where fruitfulness would come forth, where he would be able to disciple or bring forth um, people that look like him in the earth. And uh, through his death and through his resurrection, he created this place of truth where we can believe and grab a hold of what is done. The law can never produce fruit in your life. Willpower can never produce fruit in your life. The only thing that can ever produce fruit in your life is a heart persuaded of the grace of God. Now, we can read that in Romans 6 as well. The Bible says in Romans 6, it says there that we, we, shall, not be, we shall not sin, for we are not under the law, but under grace. So what does grace do? Grace brings forth the fruit of God in our lives. What is this grace, and how are we partakers of this grace? That's a very important question. So, um, which we're going to look at today. But I want to just, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let us just go to chapter 15 here again and just look at chapter 15, what it says here. I want to lay a foundation where your heart can understand that it is not your work to bring forth fruit in your life. It is the work of the Father to persuade your heart of what Jesus Christ has done. And it's the work of Jesus to raise up everyone the Father brings unto him. That is what it's all about. You can go and read that in John chapter 6. Let me explain that again. The Father loves us and he wants to share his life with us. He wants us to have his righteousness. He wants us to have his holiness. He wants us to have his immortal, eternal life that is above sin, above death. That's what he wants us to have. In order for us to have that, he had to, he had to do the following. He had to draw people and persuade them to believe in something that can actually bring that forth in their lives. Because if you sit with dust that's dying, you cannot accept dying dust to bring forth life and immortality. Dying dust cannot produce life and immortality. Dying dust cannot produce love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, meekness, temperance, faithfulness, uh, signs, wonders, miracles, and all of that, that will last unto eternal life. It is impossible. So God is not a fool that he would expect of us to produce fruit in our lives by obeying commands. He will not do that. He's not a fool. God knows the only way wherein you can have fruit in your life is if he can bring forth a truth 
in this earth that is so powerful that that truth can actually bring the life he desired forth in you. And that truth is called Jesus. So this is the gospel, or this is the plan of God. I'm going to bring forth a man in the earth, and then I will, um, and, and, and I will then bring people to this guy. And when I bring people to him, my command to him is that each one of these that I bring to him, that he must raise them up in the last day. That is what is going to take place. So, this, this man, this Jesus that I will bring forth will have to be powerful enough to produce good fruit in them, to br- produce kindness in them, to produce long-suffering in them, to produce my attributes inside them. And this person must have the authority and the power to actually raise them up in the last day, meaning that they must Conquer death and be immortal as I am. That is the whole thing. So in order for you to be a disciple of Christ, in other words, in order for you to attain unto the place where you have that life, God had to orchestrate something that is between Him and the Son. It's not between you and Him. It's between Him and the Son. And this is what He said. He said to the Son, He says, Son, you know what? I want you to be at a place where you have conquered death. But the death that you have conquered must be these people's death. And the sin that you've conquered must be these people's sin. That is what must take place. And when you've conquered their sin and conquered their death, then I can bring them to you and you will have authority over their sin and over their death. And because you have done that, the spirit that is then that raised you up because you did it on behalf of them would then have a place in them. That spirit would then belong to them. And as they believe in, uh, in you and rely upon what you've done, I'll bring them to you and by what you've done, I'll have access by the Holy Spirit to raise them up into the life that you have. Now let me explain that again. God sat with this conundrum, he sat with this problem, this massive issue, and that would be, how am I going to get these people to have my life? They are dying, of themselves they can do nothing, they cannot have life, they cannot have immortality, the only thing they have is they are alive, but they're not even having life, they are alive. And, but they're not sharing in my quality of life, neither does the life they have have the ability to exist eternally. Their life can pass away. Their life can end. That is it. Um, they don't possess immortality. Somebody asked me, Matthew, what do you mean by immortality? And this is my answer. It's very simple. Eternal existence. That is immortality. You know, we have taken it that man naturally possesses eternal existence. No, man does not possess, naturally possess eternal existence. The Bible talks about the gift of eternal life. We cannot live forever by ourselves. We will die. We, our lives will end physically, spiritually, whatever. It, it will end. But God has come to give eternal existence to us in every form of our lives, be it spirit, soul, and body. He's come to give us eternal life. The only eternal life, the only immortal 
in existence is not all spirits. The only immortal is Christ. Is, is God himself. He is the only immortal. That's what Timothy says. Uh, 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 Paul says to, first in, 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 uh, to Timothy, he says that um, God, the only immortal, and all others are mortal, except those to whom, those who grabs a hold of what Christ has done, and so gain, uh, have the gift of eternal life. The Bible says the wages of sin is, death but the gift of God is eternal life and we can go through that I can make a teaching on that one day let's explain to you all the passages in the Bible which is overwhelming amount of passages pointing to eternal life not as something that is a given but something that is a gift to the believer so um, God comes and he says how am I going to get these people that are dying that doesn't have an ability to have any good fruit that has got a flesh a body of death and destruction that has got natural fruit of bitterness hatred uh, uh, strife seditions all those kind of things in them how am I going to get them how am I how am I going to produce good fruit in them that is the whole question God had. And he says, this is it. Let me bring forth a man that has no sin, that can by his faith take their sin and their death on them and conquer their sin and conquer their death. And then when I bring people unto this truth of this man, this truth and the spirit of what took place here will then also raise them up. That is what God has come to do. So, I want to say to you that the plan of God is not to try and get you to live a righteous life by obedience to any scripture. The gospel is the good news of how God brings forth fruit in you and how we are disciples of him. And let's read this uh, uh, chapter 15 again in John. It says, I am the true vine, my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. And then he goes on, he says, and what I, what I believe here when he says, every branch in me that bears no fruit, he takes away. That would take away, I've preached it before as well, means to lift up. Um, now, it can mean lift up like in encourage or lift up. So if you bear no fruit, he will encourage you. If you bear a little fruit, he will look at why are you just bearing little fruit and he will take away which causes the, the wrong doctrine that doesn't cause good fruit. Another way of looking at that, um, which can cover the other side of the argument, which they take away, if you look at farmers, if there's no fruit in a branch, it's just cut off, thrown to the fire and it's burnt. What does that mean? He would basically say that in the plan of Jesus Christ, the gospel, the prophetic words about Jesus and everything, part of that whole thing and the shell it came in, it's like the chaff, you know, with what the seed came in. That chaff around it is burnt eventually or, or of no use. And what that means is that Christ came in the shell of Judaism. It was prophesied, uh, I mean, to the Jews were given the prophetic words and all those kind of things. And now, every, every branch that's in him that does not bear fruit, meaning in Christ, in his plan, with, with, and, and the salvation plan that was to the Jews first. In other words, this Judaism system that is also part of Christ, um, because, of, because it was a channel through which it was prophesied and all of that, it will not bear fruit. So you can't have Judaism and Christianity. That would be a branch that's in Christ that bears no fruit. 
and that will be chopped off and burnt. So what he's saying, what I, the, what I believe there, what is meant there is if you, if a branch comes uh, and it says it's cast forth as a dead branch, now what would be cast forth as a dead branch that would be burnt? You can go and listen to my teachings from January. I've preached a lot of teachings on the vengeance of God, talking about the fire of God that's come to destroy the law system and the ju judicial system um, completely. You know, wherein the, the, and I've explained the gnashing of teeth and all those kind of things. So go and look at those messages. Go and look at the rich man and Lazarus and what I taught there. And you will start to understand what I mean here. So every branch in him that bears no fruit, in other words, if you are seen as part of Christ or if you are in this Christ thing and you bear no fruit, who were bearing no fruit and Christ was in the midst of them? It was the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the unbelievers in this gospel which were actually part of it, which talks about Judaism. So Judaism, the law system, Zionism, that kind of a thing, if you want to call it in today's work, where we try to Judaize all the people and through a mixture between law and grace we try to find fruit we find that it can bear no fruit um, and that is cast forth as a branch and completely destroyed so the whole law system was fulfilled we can see that in Hebrews uh, uh, the book of Hebrews where the Bible says it's ready to pass away meaning the law was still active in some form but the destruction of the temple will be there those kind of things and people will not be able to go to the temple not be able it's all passing away we find that Christianity is taking over and Judaism is dying uh, um, you know the whole animal sacrificial system everything is passing away so that's why it's cast forth as a branch and burnt that's what it means. That's how I see that. And now he goes on, he says, Now you are clean, you that do bear some fruit. Who were the people that were bearing some fruit? It were the disciples. They were believing in Christ. They didn't believe all the gospel. They were still, I mean, we look at Peter. He still wanted to call fire from heaven to destroy the people in Samaria. They didn't understand everything. But Jesus Christ came and he explained, you know, how um, he's going to go to the Father and how he's going to pour out his spirit and how the spirit's going to lead them in all truth and how the spirit's going to bring forth everything. And it's not about the law and all of that. He explains all of that. And then he says to them, and those who bear some fruit, in other words, you actually come to me now, I will cleanse you and then you'll be bear more fruit. Now are you clean through the word that I've spoken to you. And if you can remain in the word that I've spoken to you, which we today see as the fullness of what Christ has done, as you remain in that word and believe in that, the power of sin is broken over you, and then Christ brings forth the fruit in your life. And as Christ brings forth the fruit in your life, the Bible says, in that very same way, you are His disciple. In other words, that's how He, that's the discipline. The discipline is, just believe what I say. The discipline is, See yourself in me and, and I, I'll bring forth all this life and everything in you. He goes on, you know, um, he says, A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. He comes, he says, A new commandment, chapter 14, Let not your heart be troubled. Uh, in my Father's house are many mansions. I'll prepare a place for you. Do you see the whole thing where God takes fruit bearing as uh, on him and where he makes it 
His responsibility to bring forth fruit in your life. And the only way you can have access to that is just to believe. So what is the grace of God? I would say the grace of God is what God has brought forth in the earth that we can rely upon that will bring forth all of God's plan in our life. And that is not works righteousness. Now if we want to define righteousness in the presence of a God that has done all of this for us, how do we define righteousness? The Bible says in Romans chapter 4 that Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. It says he believed that what God has promised, he was also able to bring it forth. And it, the fact that he could believe that God can bring forth what he has promised, the fact that he could believe that, that was accounted to him for righteousness. In other words, what that means is that um, if you want to define sin today, this is how you define sin. Sin or righteousness. Righteous means to be as you ought to be. In the presence of a God that says, Listen, I bring forth a man that can conquer all your sin, conquer all your death, bring forth the fruit of my attributes, my life attributes in you. I'm a God that can bring forth all that holiness, righteousness, peace, comfort, everything. I'll bring it forth in you and I'll even conquer your death. I'll raise you up in the last day. That's the promise of God to you. What is, how do you define righteousness in that? How are you as you ought to be in the presence of that? Very simple. Just believe Him and allow Him to do it. That's it. And that's what He says here in chapter 15. He says here, if a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch. In other words, if you don't abide in this, you will die. It is not God casting you forth as a branch. You will be a branch that dies. You'll be cast forth. You'll die. So if you are not abiding in that which brings life, if you are not at a place where you can believe, it will be done for you by His doing and not your own. What will happen in your life, you'll wither. That's what he's saying. Let's read it. I am the vine and you are the branches. Verse 5. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So what he's saying is, listen man, here is Jesus. If you are an Afrikaans, they entered in. If you, if you put into that vine, you will bring forth much fruit. And if you abide in there, if you find your abode, if you find your dwelling place, if you find the place where you feel home, to say that His death is my death, His immortality is my immortality, the resurrection of Christ is my resurrection. If, if you abide in that reality, what will happen? Then Christ, by His Spirit, or His life in you, by His life, He will bring forth in you what He accomplished in His death and resurrection. Meaning, since we are now in this place, His grace conquered the thing which is called the fruit of the flesh in our lives by His doing, and He brings forth the fruit of the Spirit, and He will bring forth immortality. If we abide in that place where we are sitting at the feet, resting, simply relying upon Him that He promised it and He'll do it. And we can see His promise in His death and in His resurrection and we see the truth of that. And that is our reality. 
When we're there, what will take place? He'll bring it forth. But the Bible says in verse 6 here, if a man abides not in me, in other words, if you don't find your abode in this reality and in this truth, what will happen? He says, um, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. So as a branch is cast forth. In other words, meaning that if you don't abide in there, you are, re- you are removing yourself from the only access you've ever had unto good fruit. So the only way you can ever bear fruit is by God bringing forth the fruit in you and not your effort. What that means is you can never have love. You can never have a heart of love by loving. What that means is you can never be generous by your giving. Or your giving can never make you generous. Your friendly smile can never make you friendly. Your kindness can never make you kind. Um, None of that. It is a revelation of a union that brings a new reality. And that spirit of that union and that truth believed brings forth the very fruit of God in you. Let's read verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. You shall ask whatever you will. In other words, that word ask means to make a request. And this is how I see it. And you know, we've taken that verse and we've said, you know, whatever I ask, it's car, house, uh, man, whatever would be the dream you have, nice hair, white teeth, healthy children, whatever, you know, so many things. We think now I've got carte blanche. I can now have everything I've ever desired because, I mean, listen, this is what it means. Let's read verse 7. For if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you shall ask whatever you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. So he's talking about asking whatever you will and it shall be given unto you. God is glorified in much fruit. Now, that would ask means to make a request. So, if we abide in this word, whatever request my life has in order to be at a place of fruitfulness. Now, um, how can I explain that? You know, if my cars, my car, if I drive my car and I see the, the, the fuel meter goes to the E, the car is asking for fuel. It is not, I don't hear an audible voice, I hear nothing. The, the fact that there is, or even if the car would go and stand next to the road without fuel, if he stands there, the, the, que- the, the, the desire, the need there is, what is requested is fuel. That is the thing. So in the very same way, he says, when you are in this place where you are abiding in the truth, where the gospel is inside you, whatever request or whatever shortcoming there would be in your life, it doesn't matter. The Father will bring it forth in your life, for it is the Father's will that you will bear much fruit. So that whatever you ask there is connected to fruit bearing. So what he's saying is, whatever place there is in your life where you don't have fruit, it shall be answered by this truth, and that is how you will be his disciple.
<laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Herein is my Father glorified that you bring forth much fruit and so shall you be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. Isn't that beautiful? As the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Continue in the love that I have for you. What is the love of God for us? That He would bring forth a truth. That He, by His doing, can bring forth the fruit of God in our lives, ending in immortality. The problem that man has is he's dying. And a dying person cannot produce eternal life. That's why it's impossible by your works to, be, to save yourself from sin and death. So what he says is, if you come and your reliance is upon Christ, you see your union there, whatsoever thing you need, whatsoever shortcoming you have in the area of fruit, He will bring it forth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, we've come to the end of our um, message. I've shared what I've felt in my heart to share with you guys. Um, I wanted to go and listen to this message a few times. Let it wash your heart, man. You know, as I'm preaching this, I feel this super excitement about all of this, for I know this is the will of God, to bring forth fruit in our lives by His doing. And simply by resting, we can have this. I would like to pray for you. And there might be some of you that are in need of a miracle. I would like to pray for you as well. Father, I thank you that I can pray for everybody that's watching. I thank that I can stretch forth my hands to people that are watching right now. I thank you, Lord, that signs, wonders, and miracles confirm your word of fruit in their lives. I thank you, Lord, that this message brings forth fruit in people's lives. Peace, joy, healing, the fruit of the Spirit manifesting in people's lives. I declare you blessed in the name of Jesus. I declare you, uh, you provided for in the name of Jesus. Whatever request you have by not having fruit, God sees it as a prayer request unto Him to bring forth fruit in your life. Therefore, you'll hear the words that will cleanse you from a wrong belief. And God brings forth fruit in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Amen and Amen. Glory to God. I want to thank every one of you that is slotted in. Thank you for being an uh, internet evangelist and just sharing this with your friends. I also want to thank everybody that uh, supports this ministry financially. Your gifts are such a blessing. It's so wonderful to, um, to just preach the message and uh, to, to, to from abundance bring the gospel to people. It's wonderful to do that. Uh, you know, this week... Um, this weekend, I'm preaching in, this is pre-recorded, uh, I think this is um, Thursday now, yeah, Thursday, I'm recording this on a Thursday. Uh, this weekend, I'll be in a place uh, called Victoria West, which is in the middle of the Karoo, a very small town where I'm going to preach amongst some farmers. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I know, you know, this is, like I said, pre-recorded, this is going to be awesome. And uh, then in next week, we're going to uh, fetch my mother-in-law. She's coming down, she's selling the farm. Uh, and uh, coming down to live with us uh, for a while, while we're going to see that uh, she gets a house built and those kind of things in town. So uh, exciting time ahead of us. And uh, man, I just want to say to all of you, it is a blessing to know the good news and have a life born from this good news. Wherever there's a shortcoming in your life, God sees it as a prayer request. That's how it works. Glory to God and He will answer that. Just abide in the good news. Guys, thank you so much. And make sure you contact one of our web pastors if you need um, any prayer. Just go to uh, our Facebook page, Dynamic Love Web 
Church, and you can contact any of our web pastors there. Go to um, dynamicministry.com, click on Web Fellowship, and there you can see everything that our web church is all about. Our web church is much more than just a Sunday message. You know, there are many folk that's got um, streamed their Sunday services, but it's still not a web church. Uh, not that I'm saying it's wrong, glory to God for everything that's done, but you can have good quality fellowship, counseling, advice, and prayer in this uh, internet church. So make sure you go to dynamicministries.com, click on Web Fellowship or Web Church, and um, you'll see everything there. Thank you so much. God bless.